Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we hear from the All Blacks and Blues loose forward Jerome Kainor, who's decided to leave New Zealand rugby for Japan. Fellow All Blacks Lucy Victor Vitor talks about the Hurricanes match against the Blues, where he'll come up against several former teammates. The Phoenix striker Chris Greenacre talks about his new role ahead of the side's final regular season match against A-League competition leaders, the Central Coast. The Olympic men's football team's hopes of a place in London mid-year go on the line in Torpor. And cyclist Julian Dean's Olympic dreams are over after breaking his leg. The all-black loose forward Jerome Kainor is to play in Japan for the next two years. The 48-test veteran, who is currently recovering from shoulder surgery, had an option to end his NZRU contract following the Super Rugby season, which he has chosen to do. The 28-year-old Kainor will play for the Toyota club. The NZRU CEO Steve Chu says they made a very strong bid to keep him in New Zealand and would have loved for him to stay, but ultimately they understand his decision. Kainor has the rare distinction of playing for every New Zealand national side since first pulling on the black jersey for the New Zealand schools in 2001. He played all but one minute in the All Blacks' successful Rugby World Cup campaign last year, was named New Zealand Player of the Year and was a finalist for the IRB World Player of the Year award. Kainor says he's looking forward to spending more time with his family but he wants to someday return to New Zealand and play for the All Blacks again. Yeah, I want to get some experience overseas with the family uh, for now and get some family time in and play some rugby. But um, you know, in a couple of years' time, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to come back and hopefully challenge for that jersey again. Is there a sense this might prolong your career even? Because it won't be the ins and outs of NTD and rugby so much. It'll be the Japanese list games and stuff like that. You might be able to come back and... Yeah, I think so. And also, uh, with with the injury layout, kind of helped my decision. Um, you know, the body's taking a bit of a uh, battering the last couple of years, and I think the going over to Japan. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but going over there would help with um, you know getting the body right and and also a different style of rugby that I'll hopefully get used to. That's the thing, you know. Me leaving, I leave the door open for someone else to take the jersey and, and take their spot. So. I'm not saying it's going to be easy if I decide to come back, but um, yeah, it's all part of sport. You know, you give someone an opportunity, it's a challenge to get back, and I'm looking forward to that challenge. But um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for, for right now. I'm just looking forward to heading over to Japan and, and um, you know, the challenges that await me and my family. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm confident that I'll make the All Blacks if I do return. I'm just saying that I, when I come back, I'll have my work cut out for me to, to try and get that position back. So, like. Um, was saying it's the risk that I take when I go away. I leave that opportunity for someone to take that spot. So I still want to come back and, and try and get that jersey, but it's not going to be easy if I do decide to come back. Jerome Kainor.
The Hurricanes and the Blues square off in Super Rugby this weekend, with both sides having a point or two to prove. For former Hurricanes Ma'anonu and Piriwepu, it will be the first time they've played their former franchise since their much-publicised departure last year. Written off before the season, the Hurricanes have chalked up two wins from their four games and only narrowly lost to the competition leaders, the Highlanders, last weekend. I spoke to flanker Vic DeVitor, who told me over-enthusiasm cost the Hurricanes at key moments in that match, but he promises it won't happen at Eden Park. Yeah, we were pretty disappointed with the loss. Um, yeah, just uh, I think we needed just to treat the ball a bit more and uh, also uh, just a penalty count as well, just a little bit high against us and uh, you just got to reflect on that a bit more and if we're going to look to beat the Blues this weekend. Just a little bit of discipline, nothing too in particular, just tidying it up a little bit? Yeah, I think it's just a little bit of a desperation to prove a point that, you know, proves our home fans are you know, keen to win and show their spirit as well, but at the same time you've got to be smart with that. You can't just... Uh, whole interrupts and uh, expect not to get penalised for things that we should know better for. You're away from home this weekend, so that level of excitement and some of the young guys perhaps comes down a bit, but do you think sort of lesson learnt in that sense? Yeah, I think lesson learnt, uh, definitely, but um, so just going throughout the weekend, just trying to you know build again. Uh, we've got a Blues team coming back that some will say are desperate, but uh, I think they'll be keen to prove a point as well this weekend in front of their home crowd, but uh, also for us, you know, we're also desperate as well. We can't just go out there thinking just because you've had two wins out of four, that's still a result that you want to improve on, so... As a loose forward trio, are you happy with how you guys are tracking? Obviously, Carl Logue could be coming back to put some pressure on spots. So, how do you think you guys have been going? I think the loose forward trio, yeah, we've been going going all right. I think uh, we've still a few years to improve, but um, you know, we've got guys like Jack Lamb and Fafa, uh, Fafi Levive, as well as uh, Brad Shields coming off the bench, and in good impact. So, if anything, we're just uh, probably trying to work a bit more together. But uh, it's uh, it's good, and Carl Logue, it's good to see him coming back. And uh, if anything, he'll bring another strength because something we need to work on is a uh, scavenging for their ball. It's a long, tough season, especially loose forward, um, obviously high injury rate. I mean, have you and Hammer talked about how you're going to manage your workloads during the season? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a week-by-week week one, and I think you know it's good because they're still keeping tabs. They ask you, uh, come Monday, how are you feeling? And generally I'm feeling pretty good, but I think, yeah, we haven't really looked too far ahead. And with a younger squad, I think um, I was always going to have to take the mantle a bit more this, this year, but... Um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, obviously, I'd love to start every game, but I just think the way it is uh, with the way games are played these days and all these young guys running around so fast. Um, yeah, it's hard to keep up and just got to make sure I look after the body so that um, hopefully we can clock up some good results now and be safer a bit later on so we can afford to rest people like myself, I guess. You've taken on a real leadership role um, in, in that four-pack, haven't you? And is it extra responsibility on defence especially? That it's your role to, to organise that? Defence is more of a, that's a team thing, yeah, and I think there's a lot of it is about attitude. And uh, yeah, of course, when I get, you know, if, I, if I'm able to get around the corner, you know, being at eight, then yeah, so be it. But I think um, in the weekend's game, it was quite hard, there was quite a stop start and a few loose patches. So um, I think, yeah, when I can organise my side of def- defence, I do that, yeah. You're pretty happy with how your own game is progressing. I know there's a big emphasis on team here at the moment, but personally, are you pretty happy with how you go? Yeah, personally, um, yeah, a bit to work, still a few things to work on, but yeah, I, I went a bit better on in the weekend, and um, yeah, just a uh, few goals I still got to set for myself to try and achieve, but um, yeah, I was pretty happy with how I went, but at the same time, I still a lot to work on. Yeah, but a little on what your goals and work on are. Oh, just a few decision-making things, um, you know, a couple, well, one time there I passed the ball back and should have just carried, but then I tried to pass it back and get out of the out of the muck when Adam Thompson, luckily he t- knocked it on when he could have just run under the post. So, um, you know, that sort of communication with uh, with my nine and this is relationship stuff really just with my nine and getting used to new guys, you know, I think that I've got to be a bit more responsible for that. Just overall, can you talk about how you see the team placed at the moment? Obviously, you know, two wins from four games and, and plenty of positives and plenty of work on as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's right there for the results 
two out of four, it's a bit 50-50, you know, uh, definitely some uh, good things to take out of the wins we've had, but uh, and even the losses, but, you know, still a few things to work on. I think discipline, things that are in our control, like discipline and, you know, just easy mistakes, like knocking the ball on when we just turned it over, that sort of thing, um, you can easily snuff out. So um, we'll look to look after that and uh, look forward to the Blues this weekend. Is it a game that the guys get extra excited about? I mean, it's always an exciting high-scoring game normally, isn't it? Is it a local derby? Is it pretty exciting for everyone? Yeah, I guess you could say it's the two big city boys uh, going at it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've, they're a good squad and, you know, they've got a lot of depth and they might have been hit with injuries, but they've still got a quality team on the park. So and, and being at home as well, Eden Park, that's a massive fortress for them. So... We've definitely got another challenge ahead, um, even after the Highlanders game, this will be an even bigger challenge, So, especially for them coming back off the road. Um, so we'll just, yeah, it'll be a big one for the boys and we're looking forward to it. A few ex-Hurricanes in the squad up there this year, does that add extra spice? I think uh, with professional rugby the way it is now, I mean, that's, you're playing against mates all the time and obviously we're a bit tired with those guys because they were in the team last year, but... Um, I think at the end of the day, they want to win for them and we want to win for us and you know all the other mateship stuff will come up after the game, but uh, during the game, it's more about the team. You worried about any sneaky insights they might be able to give Pat Lamb on you guys? Oh, I guess uh, they'll be doing whatever they can, like I said, to win for their team, so we might have to change a few calls or whatnot, but um, who knows, we'll just uh, play it as we said. Ma doesn't have spies in the camp? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think there's any spies in this camp, but he's got mates, but uh, not about spies. Victor Vitor. The hopes New Zealand cyclist Julian Dean had of competing at his fifth Olympics appear to have been dashed after breaking his leg in a crash on the third stage of the Tour of Catalonia. The Green Edge rider was involved in a pile-up five kilometres into the 210-kilometre stage as snow, wind and rain caused havoc in the Pyrenees. Dean swerved to miss a crash in front of him and hit a parked car. The 36-year-old will be out of competition for at least three months and possibly up to six and had only recently returned to racing after a from a broken shoulder. Bike New Zealand's high performance manager Mark Elliott says despite being a veteran on the professional circuit, Dean was excited about the year ahead. I've only been speaking to him last week and you know he was um, you know, he said he was in great shape. He was training at altitude in the Sierra Nevada in Spain and and um, you know, you can tell he was really uh, really excited about the year ahead. I think he um you know clearly enjoying the green edge environment that he was in and you know his role as a as a senior senior rider in that program and you know and mentoring a lot of the uh, young guys through so you know for, for considering how, how long he's been in the pro peloton you know his, his motivations to still perform at that uh, you know that level is um, you know have immense respect for him as an athlete obviously if he if he isn't able to compete it will be a, a big blow for the New Zealand team um, well I think we always uh, knew we had um, uh, the potential of you know four guys who are in the sort of pro peloton to consider far as the, um, the Olympics this year, and obviously Julian was one of those guys. Um, we were sort of going through a process with them as to um, what their their final build-up, you know, uh, who had opportunities at the Tour de France, and because the Tour de France timing, um, you know, for the road races is optimal for their build-up and preparation. So it was really about, um, you know, considering where each of those guys' programs were, and obviously Julian was, um, you know, one of those guys for us to consider. So. Um, you know whether he is still a guy for consider will really depend on the severity of uh, that injury and, and how you know what the prognosis is. Had he, um, I guess, indicated to you that he would, was wanting to go to the Olympics? Oh no, you know, no doubt. I mean, just uh, you know, that was uh, clear, and, and we've had that same uh, level of interest from you know all those guys who are racing in the pro peloton. You know, the, the, the you know the likes of Greg Henderson and. Hayden Rolston, etc. You know that they're all in position. You know, if their team 
uh, decides to put them into the a Tour de France team, you, you know that they'd be getting optimal preparation for an Olympic road race. So you know, those things were getting lined up. Um, you know, obviously their form over the next few months um, you know, and how they fit within the team is, um, will dictate their direction. But you know, it was pretty clear each of those guys, Julian included, were um, you know, really looking forward to the opportunity and, and uh, knowing um, you know how the how the Olympic course sits, um, you know, is uh, you know it's not um, massively hilly. It's not uh, like we're going to see the World Champs uh, course this year and uh, and uh, later in the year. But um, yeah, it's a course that each of them knew that they were capable of performing on. In an ideal world, if, if all those guys in the pro peloton were available and, and were fit and in, and in good form, would Julian have have been in, in the team to go to the Olympics? Uh, well, he was to say there's there's four guys. You know, you can't. Uh, can't decide selection until you know what those um, you know those uh, last uh, couple of months look like for each of those riders and, and the form they show and you know it really comes down to, to looking at the, the form the athletes show over the course of the next few months and then their, their preparation so yes he would certainly be one of the four and um, that we've, we've certainly uh, considered who who would be having optimal build-up opportunities for the Olympics and you know then selection takes care of itself. Your heart really sinks when you hear bad news like this, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I mean, especially for a guy like Julian. You know, he's he's uh, had a number of hurdles over the last um, few years, and uh, you know, he's been uh, you know he's just been in some unfortunate uh, instances and, and crashes. But you know, that's that's the the nature of his role in the team. You know, he's an extremely combative cyclist, and he's um, he's in there setting his team ups, uh, teammates up for victory, and and, and unfortunately. Um, you know, he's had a, had a few unlucky breaks, and, and this is one of them. And, and especially when you know that what he's come back from, and each each year, you know, you just have immense respect for the guy, knowing how, how hard he's grafted over the, over the years as a professional. Bike New Zealand's high performance manager Mark Elliott, and this is Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The Wellington Phoenix play their final A-League regular season match in Wellington on Sunday, coming up against competition leaders, the Central Coast Mariners, with third place within their grasp. The Phoenix will kick off their playoff series at home on Friday, March the 30th, but just who they play won't be known until Sunday evening. The Phoenix can finish no lower than fourth, but could move into third if they draw or win against the Mariners and other results go their way. At the start of the season, the Phoenix were given little hope of making the top six after club owner Terry Sarah Pisos lost his A-League licence and there was doubt the side may even take the field. Striker Chris Greenacre, who joined the club in 2009, believes that experience has made them a closer side in a season which he's also taken on the role of assistant coach. Things that went on off the field um, brought, us to cl- brought us very, very close um, and the boys have just stuck to the tasks week in and week out and you know it seems to be working. Um, you know We haven't got the budgets that other teams have um, all the resources that other teams have, but you know we uh, we kind of do trying to do things the right way um, in preparation and training, and it seems to be working. So hopefully you can see a, a continuation of that, obviously for the rest of the season and, and, and into next season and beyond. How have you found your assistant type role fitting yeah. in with your with your playing role? I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I tend to nowadays kind of, um, you know, we'll get a day off after the game and then when all the boys are in to train, um, you know, I've been involved in taking a lot of those first day sessions. So I haven't been training that extra day, um, extra day myself. So 
Uh, and the boys, you know, I'm thankful to them. They've they've really kind of got behind the ideas I've tried to throw out there and, and sessions I've tried to put on. And they've, you know, they've tried to do them the best of their ability, which is all I can ask from them. Um, and I hope they've enjoyed them. Um, you know, they, they seem to have enjoyed them um, and I hope that's the case. But I've really enjoyed it and I haven't really found it a problem Um you know, fitting it together. Um, I kind of enjoy planning sessions and plotting sessions, you know, away from training in my spare time. So it's quite a, it seems to go hand in hand and I've really enjoyed it. Have you noticed a spillover into your game that it's helped or changed um, the way you approach things? Not really. Um, I think the key to it and I think a key to a lot of coaching is just to have really good planning. You know, my lifestyle, to be quite honest, as a professional athlete, you know, quite... Um, quite organised and, and you know and it, it's just a case of you know times where maybe I would, would go home and kind of maybe sit on the couch and stuff I'm actually you know using my time a lot better so I'm uh, finding that if I'm, I'm planning things and um, it kind of helps me to sort of prepare and it maybe takes my mind off the games uh, that are coming up where usually three or four days before the game I would be thinking about the game now I'm looking at other, other things you know uh, obviously football related but um, yeah, no, it's it's just about organisation, I think, and I've just kind of got my priorities right, and um, it seems to be working okay. So, what have you introduced that maybe wasn't there before? Um, I think it's just um, just a few fresh ideas, different drills that you know some of the boys maybe haven't done over here, and a lot a lot of things that I've um, grown up with in the UK. A lot of repetition, a lot of passing drills, and um, kind of just you know functional ball work just um not necessarily different to what we've done before but um just from a different angle and, and you know a different voice kind of thing so um yeah just you know the training sessions are all quite quite similar especially at this stage of the season where you know it's not about fitness work it's just kind kind of maintaining what we've already got maintaining your touch so there's a lot of you know a lot of stuff I've done with the ball um you know all the time you know ball work passing accuracy of passing um, and obviously finishing so um, you know I've just tried to bring a few fresh ideas and you know really as I say really enjoyed it. So it's sort of drill work or have you worked match analysis as well what are there any yeah, partic- no, are there any sort of particular areas that you find of interest yeah. yourself? Yeah obviously I look the, the drills the day-to-day drills and the passing and the technique work and stuff I really really enjoy doing and you know kind of getting the players upbeat and stuff but you know the managers give me the task of um of kind of organising the attacking set plays and defensive set plays, um, you know, away from the game. So there's one or two um, corners that we've we've worked on, and um, you know, the gaffer's given me that 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 range to kind of organise, um, you know. And, and thankfully, it's nice to see one or two fruits where we've we've scored from set plays. So um, you kind of see the rewards when we actually score a goal from things. So um, you know, he, he let me have that reign and. Hopefully there'll be one or two different ones. Hopefully come the playoffs. That must be very pleasing, and presumably this is a, a future you see for yourself. Definitely, <clears throat> you know, I, I, a few years ago I was kind of looking at what I want to do um, when I finish playing, and um, speaking to my wife and my family and stuff. And I kind of don't know how to do anything else. I don't have a trade. You know, I've been fortunate enough, fortunate enough for me that I left school and I've I've played football my whole whole life. So. Um, I don't have a trade, so kind of what do you know? And it's football, so um, you know I'm in the process of doing my, hopefully doing my starting my A like UA for A license in the summer. Um, I've won or two badges already, so I, I just want to uh, obviously build on that and, and work under you know a coach like Ricky Herbert, who's you know been there and done everything. So it'd be great for me to learn from somebody like him. A, a nomadic lifestyle, though, isn't it? Playing football, coaching football. 
yeah, it is. It's, it's a great lifestyle, to be honest. I wouldn't change it. Um, <laughs> obviously, the gaffer gets a lot more pressure than I do. Uh, the easiest bit is probably actually going out and playing. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, to know what the manager goes through week in and week out and, you know, the stresses and strains of that, of, you know, something I'll have to learn. And, you know, it's it's quite nice being maybe a little bit of a go-between between the players and, and the managers so I can see things that are happening with the manager and what he's saying and, you know, discussions that go on with the players. And it's nice to have, have that be kind of a foot in both camps to kind of get the feel and, and the vibe of what's going on from both, both sides. So I'm, I'm quite enjoying that. And that would make it easier too, presumably bridging to giving up playing to moving full-time into oh, coaching? Definitely, yeah. Um, I want to be, you know, I want to, uh, you know, play as long as I can. And obviously I know I haven't got long that long left now. Um, so, you know, obviously you, you need to plan for your future. And that's, I think that's something we need to kind of get into the, the kids who are playing these days, you know, the young players who are 19, 20 years old that, you know, there is actually a time where you won't be playing football, so you have to, you know, really find out what you're going to do um, when you finish playing. Um, I think also, you know, if you're fortunate enough to make enough money that you'll never have to work again, you know, you need other interests when you, you finish playing. And I, I'm at that stage now where, you know, I think, what am I going to do next? And, and thankfully, I've put things in place earlier on in my career, so hopefully I can step into a, a coaching role somewhere and, um, and go from there. When do you think that might be that you make that that jump to being a full time coach? Well, I'm kind of in discussions with the club at the moment, so um, it's unclear at the moment whether you know it'd be at the end of the season or maybe the end of next season. Um, those sort of negotiations, are, um, you know, are in the pipeline. So um, hopefully, in the next you know few weeks, I can get something sorted because obviously I need something sorted before the end of the year. So um, you know, hopefully, you know, things will be clearer then. Chris Greenacre talking to Stephen Hewson. The New Zealand under-23 men's football side head into the knockout stages of the Oceania Olympic qualifying tournament in Taupo full of confidence after dishing out a dominant 10-0 hiding of Tonga to book their semi-final against Vanuatu. But the hosts needed lots of grit and concentration to wedge fellow semi-finalists Papua New Guinea 1-0 with 10 men in the tournament opener. A bit of a wake-up call the Ollie probably needed as the stand-in captain Greg Draper admitted when he spoke with Richard Wayne. Draper plays his football in the Welsh Premier League for the New Saints, where he was named Player of the Month in February. The striker opening the scoring at Owen Delaney Park, and Draper says he's happy with both the ten and the nil. Yeah, I mean that's what we were after in the in the first game, really, against uh, Papua New Guinea. But uh, no, I think there were just a few few nerves going around uh, in the first game. Um, but we got three points, which was the main thing. Um, and then today, yeah, I mean we said before the game we really wanted to sort of make a statement going into the semi-finals. And obviously, putting ten goals past them was a pretty good statement, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I, you think some of the other teams might have a bit of a look at that and go, OK, these guys really are the favourites. Well, yeah, you mean, uh, you wouldn't want to play anyone who's just sort of come off scoring 10 goals in the last game. So uh, I think uh, I think Fiji beat Vanuatu, did they? Yeah, 2-1. So yeah. yeah, I think we, yeah, we got Vanuatu in the next game. Now obviously the boys are going to be full of confidence going into that game. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, we can make the final. How do you find um, playing these kind of games against the island teams compared to the sort of matches you're playing in Wales? Um, yeah, they're it's, yeah, completely different opposition. You know, they're all very good athletes. They're all very quick, very strong. But they just haven't sort of got the tactical knowledge, I suppose. You know, that's you know, I suppose it's down to the coaches, really. They just haven't got the sort of coaches that are experienced enough to be able to give them that. But, you know, I mean, if they... Uh, 
if they score a goal or two, you know, they get their heads up and they start playing some good football. Um, but you've just got to make sure you get the first goal and, you know, they start to, uh, they do they lose their heads pretty quickly, lose their shape. And uh, uh, like you saw today, it was pretty comfortable for us, really. So I guess uh, you'd be pretty happy uh, with where the Ollie Whites are at at this stage, obviously uh, 11-0 in the two games now. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, it's, uh, it's good to see everyone scoring as well. You know, it's better that the whole team's scoring two or three goals each rather than sort of one person scoring five or six today. Everyone in the team's uh, capable of scoring and, you know, obviously keeping two clean sheets as well. So everyone's very happy, full of confidence. I guess confidence is one thing, but you've got to make sure that it's not misplaced, that in fact you, you are you know as good as, as you think you are. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think that's uh, that was a good thing that came out of the Papua New Guinea game, really. I think, you know, possibly nerves, possibly a bit of overconfidence as well. So it was good that, you know, we you know we got like three points, um, but it wasn't so comfortable for us, you know. So uh, I think it sort of woke a few of the boys up and realised that it wasn't going to be a sort of walkthrough tournament. Um, and, you know, we had to play play much better today than what we did against Papua New Guinea. How's it going on the camp side of things? I guess you're, you're all pretty experienced footballers under 23, you're all men and uh, you've probably been on a zillion sort of trips with football, is this any different? Uh, no, I mean it's just the same old, uh, same old tournament same old camp really um, a few of the boys are getting a bit restless been in camp now for 8 or 9 days I think so uh, yeah but I mean it's just you know, you just take up your time playing a bit of Xbox playing a few pranks on each other that's uh, uh, it's just part of it, really. Just got to, uh, just got to be patient. Uh, wait for the games to come around. Any pranks that are uh, able to be aired on a public radio station? No, definitely not. <laughs> that's the way. That's the stuff. And um, two games in three days now, and it'll be what three and five. That's that is a pretty tough schedule for any sort of football team, really. I mean, yeah, I'm, it's, it's yeah. tough. I mean, a lot of the boys, you know, we're not. We're not um, sort of full time, you know. So, so they've gone from playing one game a week to sort of playing three games in the space of five days, like you say. So um, yeah, there's going to be some pretty sore bodies come the end of that final. But um, it's the same for both teams, you know. They're not going to be used to it either. So uh, no, we just got to make sure that we play as well as what we can do, and uh, we'll be fine. Not sure what the Olympic, uh, the actual Olympic schedule's like, but presumably you'll be playing more than once a week uh, once you get over there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, at the last Olympics it was you play a game and then I think you had two or three rest days in between each game. Um, so obviously a bit more time to recover. But no, it's good to uh, good to sort of you know get used to doing that now. Getting used to playing every sort of two or three days, so we know what to expect when we do get to the Olympics. Greg Draper talking to Richard Wayne. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.